Hello, and welcome to About This Writing Thing, the bi-weekly podcast about living the writing life. I am your host, novelist Sayward B. Eller, and I am thrilled to have in the booth with me today, Scottish author, podcaster, and book coach, Emma Desi. Before we get started, I would like to remind you that all interviews are pre-recorded, so the volumes may differ. If you're wearing earpods, I encourage you to turn the volume down before the interview starts, and you can adjust from there. Okay, let's get started. Welcome to the show, Emma. I'm so glad that you could join me today. Oh, you're so welcome. It's lovely to be here. I'm really genuinely delighted, and uh, I'm looking forward to our chat. As am I. (laughs) I was actually over in uh, Edinburgh last July, and it is a gorgeous city. I just, I fell in love, completely in love. <laughs> yeah, it is a beautiful city, isn't it? It's very gothic. Very yes. kind of, not medieval, but certainly it's got that old feel about it. Um, and I think you write historical stories, so you maybe enjoy that kind of feel about it. I, I do indeed. And my my friend actually lives in, in Bothwell, so she's not too far from Glasgow. And she was our guide, and she took us around everywhere. And, and I, I was joking with her one day, when we, the day we went to Edinburgh, and I said, you know, I'm in Scotland, and I have yet to see a man in a kilt. And then, like, every corner that we turned, <laughs> there was a man in a kilt. <laughs> yeah, there's a piper on almost every street in Edinburgh making sure that you know you're in Scotland. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we actually really enjoyed the... Um, the piper that was up on the Royal Mile. And he was just, of course, everybody was trying to take pictures with him and everything, but it was just really nice to, just the atmosphere in, I guess, do you call that part Old Town? I can't remember. But yeah, it was just... Part of the Old Town. And it is nice, isn't it? It's one of the things I do enjoy about it. I'm not from Edinburgh. We moved here about five years ago. But one of the things I really like about it is it's so small. It's a city, but it's a teeny tiny city. So it's a really, really safe place to be and live and be a tourist in. It's, it is. It's very, very nice that way. Yeah, I was I was amazed at how at ease I felt in both Edinburgh and Glasgow. Just in the in all of Scotland, I just felt very comfortable, and it Aww. was like, ah, I'm I'm good because I was very nervous. <laughs> Perhaps it's your spiritual home then. Maybe there'll be a, another visit in the future. I, I told my husband, I said, I'm going back. <laughs> we are going back. <laughs> well, I, although I would love to talk about Scotland for the next 15 to 30 minutes, <laughs> I think we should talk about writing, specifically your writing. And if you will, tell the listeners what genre or genres do you write and how long have you been writing them? I published my first book in 2019, um, but I think like a lot of people, I've been writing for a long time before that, you know, of doing what I call my apprenticeship books um, and practicing, uh, you know, taking part in uh, workshops and courses and trying to learn my craft as I go along. But it took me a while to get that first draft of a first book completely finished and then um revise it and get it to to where it was publishable and that those first that first book was uh, what I'd call contemporary women's fiction 
and then I published another two since then again in the women's fiction genre but I'm working on my but I, I'll say about my um my women's fiction is very dark there's nothing chiclet or uplit about it it's very very dark and so what I've decided to do is embrace that darkness and go full-on into psychological thriller so um later this year I'll have my first thriller coming out which I'm very oh, excited fantastic. about I, yeah yeah I'm super excited because it does feel like um and I've heard other authors say this that it can take a bit of time to find actually where your niche is and where you enjoy writing so I think I've found mine at least for the foreseeable future and it feels good to think, ah, this is where I was headed all this time. That's why my stories were so dark. Yes, absolutely. I had the same problem. I didn't know where I fit in for the longest time, especially in the early 2000s when I really started to um, really try to, to get into writing and publishing. I thought I was a romance writer. And... <laughs> I am the furthest thing from a romance writer, <laughs> and I didn't discover that until well over a decade later that I am more of an, I write up market fiction, that's what I write, and yes, it specifically deals with women and their traumas and their conflicts, but it's up market, so when I finally figured out what I was writing, it was just like you said, it, it was this really great feeling of I finally know where I fit in <laughs> isn't it interesting that because I, I was like you I thought that, um, I'd always read kind of literary fiction that's what I was raised on so I thought I would write more kind of literary style stories so it really did surprise me when uh, the, the first thing I finished yeah it was pure genre fiction you know um, pure commercial fiction I was quite surprised by that but um and, you know, not in a, a bad way, but it is interesting how our, our tastes and our, our leanings come up, come out when we actually write. So we might read in one thing and we think that's what it's going to be, but it's not until you start writing and you start writing from the heart that you realize, oh, oh, it's quite different. That's exactly. quite exciting. Yes, exactly. And I did the same thing. I used to read literary all the time literary and rom-coms because I do love a rom-com but um, I I did I thought I want to be a literary writer but as time went on I do have a little bit of a literary voice which has been one of my problems with my agent trying to sell my book either I'm too literary for commercial or too commercial for literary but we won't go into that <laughs> but I did I, I thought I would write literary fiction and now I'm I'm nowhere near that genre. I'm upmarket. I'm more mainstream, and I think it's a great place. We still have those elitist people who think if you're not writing or reading literary fiction, then you're not really doing it. But I disagree. <laughs> yeah, I do. I have to say, like the indie space. I'm an indie author, and the indie space has just been a revelation to me in that regard. And just um, you know, even things like fantasy. It's not just Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings. There's this whole kind of swathe of different types of uh, fantasy stories out there, and they're hugely, hugely popular. So it's been a real eye-opener to me just how how many styles there are, how varied reader preferences are as well. It's not always what Barnes & Noble or Waterstones over here tells us. Yes. Actually, there's a lot out there. <laughs> exactly. And I think that we're going to see... Uh, personally, I think that we're going to see 
indie authors kind of take over the publishing world, and I am really looking forward to it. Do you think so? Do you think that the kind of traditional space will start to just dwindle away? I do. I think that they, I think that they will shrink significantly as people start to embrace the self-publishing and even small presses. I think that they'll start to grow. Just the way that the news that has been coming out of the publishing world over the last year and a half to two years, just the way that it's trending, it really seems like we're going to see more people abandoning the traditional publishing and embracing self-publishing and small presses. That's so interesting because, you know, I was thinking about just that topic the other day and I didn't think so much that that the traditional press would kind of um, fade away so much, but I did think, yeah, there will be more and more and more small presses because it's like everything goes in a big pendulum, doesn't it? And, you know, we've seen this sort of swing towards big business, big corporations, and then it feels inevitable that at some stage they're going to start breaking up. Yeah. And we'll go back small independent boutique style. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just exhausting. Yeah. It's just exhausting to, to constantly be in that space with big business and, you know, all of these pressures that come with it. And the authors really aren't get I mean, we're kind of getting shafted. I mean, we have to do most of our marketing. We have to do, you know, most of our editing and then, what are what are we getting in return so i think that you're right the pendulum is gonna have to swing the other way eventually and i don't think traditional will go away i just think that we're gonna see more and more people embracing having more control over their careers and and what they can what they can bring home yeah yeah i think there will be a lot and the easier it becomes the sort of easier it is to do that businessy side and do that technical side and I also wonder too, the easier it becomes for an indie author to get their book into a mainstream bookshop, I think that will be a big turnaround for a lot of people because that's what a lot of people want, isn't it? They want to be able to go to Barnes and Noble and show their friends and say to their family, you can go and you can find it. And that's a big appeal rather yes. than going on the Amazon store. <laughs> so I wonder if, yeah, if, if that becomes really accessible, then that could cause a big, a yes. big rift as well. Yes, and I wonder, I mean, I hope that these bookstores will understand eventually that they are really closing out a magnificent force because there are millions and millions of indie books published a year. Not all of them have, um, not all of them are executed as well as a traditionally published book, but there are a growing, growing number of authors who are treating this like a business as they should, and they are putting out traditional quality books. And these bookstores not embracing that, it's, I hope that they learn. It's kind of a mistake that they're not opening their arms a little bit wider for indie indie authors. Yay. You know, I was just reading about this the other day and that one of the big um, barriers for bookshops to take on indie authors is the fact that they can't buy the books at such a big discount and mm-hmm. then they can't return them. So that might have to be looked at or s- some solution to that problem to allow bookshops to kind of have that more, mm, be able to take a risk more mm-hmm. on an indie author, maybe to put order in smaller bulk so that there's not so many to shift in the store or something like that. But it, Especially with print on demand, you know, yeah. they can order just five or ten at a time. 
Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I kind of took us off on a whole on a whole different direction. <laughs> but it's interesting though. It's interesting to see how things are going to change. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm looking forward to seeing what the future is because right now it's a really tough time, especially for those of us that are on the traditional trek. And I'm just as disheartening as it is, I am really excited to see what comes from all this change because you know I know that traditional publishers are shifting around and they're trying to trying out different things so I, I'm just I'm very excited for the future and but you know I'm, I, I'm excited for your future too because I can see that even if the traditional space doesn't work out you've got the wherewithal to know hey I know there's options out there and I can go and uh, publish these myself and I know what to do and I I know how to kind of find readers and, and do that side of it as well so you've got a nice balance there the oyster the world is your oyster so to speak <laughs> well I hope that I'll be able to I hope that I will be able to do that <laughs> we'll see thank you <laughs> now for the listeners for our listeners outside of writing fiction and nonfiction, you've also got a book coaching service and you have a podcast of your own, Turning Readers into Writers. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about um, those endeavors and how they help you with your own writing? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. So I'll start with the, um, the podcast. I, I love hosting a podcast. Um, and uh, it's, it's so easy to do now, you know, in terms of the technology and stuff. It, it's, it's amazing. You don't need a studio or anything too fancy. It's fabulous. But I loved, I, the reason I started it, you know, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say, but I was too lazy to write a blog. <laughs> <laughs> and I was told, you need to have, you know, you need to let people know you're out there. You've got to have content every week. So I thought, oh, well, I like having a chat with people. So why don't I start a, blog, uh, a podcast? And that will be a really nice way of producing interesting, hopefully, and useful content for new writers, because I work. Um, specifically with first-time writers, debut authors, a really great way of inspiring them to keep going and to do it. And I made a point of, particularly in the early days, I wanted to speak to debut authors, so people who had just published their first book and have the opportunity to ask them, okay, well, how did you do that? You know, what was it? Because you've got kids or you've got a job, you have the same ties and responsibilities that my listeners have how have you done it in the hope that that would inspire a listener to know okay if that person can do it I can do it too and, and off they go um, and then uh, just this year though I've changed things up a little bit and I've gone I'm sort of doing little solo episodes so they're short and sweet 15-20 minutes and um, it's me rambling on but it's a really nice way for me to um, still kind of help people but in a much more simple way and I, I really enjoy it and so if anybody fancies coming along to have a listen please do you're more than welcome I'll put the link um, in the description so that people can find oh, you <laughs> thank you thank you um, and so then yeah so I also yes I'm a book coach and as I say I work with um, debut novelists and um, it's a job I love doing I work with a coach myself and I would not change that for the world now. She's absolutely invaluable to me and my process. 
and I love being able to help other writers along the way because when I wrote my first draft of my first novel I was so so um, I was so so proud of myself I have to admit this is something I'd wanted for so long and I didn't do it till I was 40 and I felt like I'd I did wonder if I ever would do it and this felt a little bit like I'd hit the brick wall and it was my last ditch effort to do this before oh you know just before I felt too old (laughs) (laughs) thought you know either do this or let the dream go Mm -hmm. one or the other and stop hankering after it either take some action on it or let it go and move on to something new so I was really proud of myself when I finished this and it was the first time I felt that I had worked really hard on something for a prolonged period of time. So it took me five years to write this first draft. I had three um, preschool kids at the time, so time was short. So it took me a long time. And I just thought, you know, if, if I can do that, then what else can I do? You know, if, I, if I've proven to myself that I can finish something, I've proven to myself I can have longevity with something, so what else can I do? And I remember thinking at that time, you know, one day I want to help other women do exactly that same thing, particularly women who are kind of 40 and above, who might feel that they've left it too late, to know that it, you're, it, you're never too late to do it. And one of the wonderful things about writing, I think, is that it's not just about the words on the page that you put down, but it's actually who you become in the process. I don't know if you've had that experience where you can feel yourself growing and changing and evolving yes. almost yes. with every book you write. Yes. So, so that's what I wanted to do. And so when I discovered that book coaching was a thing, um, I wanted a coach of my own, and I knew that that was a way that I wanted to help other writers. And so I I set up my stall, and um, it's just wonderful being able to help um, so many talented people. Yes. Gives them the, the accountability, which is often what's missing for them, but also just the moral support to know that, yeah, this is tough. It is a challenge to write a book. It's an intellectual endeavor, um, but it's so worthwhile, and it's one that people can do. And I hope that they learn to embrace that challenge and enjoy that, that challenge. It's not meant to be easy, but you feel so, so proud of yourself at the end of it when you you know it's been difficult but you've still done it anyway exactly when you when you hold I still cry every time I have my manuscript printed out and I hold it in my hands because it's solid it's finished you know the first draft and I still cry every time I hold that first printed copy of my manuscript because it is such an ordeal especially when you write really heavy and deep things it's already such an ordeal and such an accomplishment but if you go through all of this darkness whenever you're writing maybe that's why I cry because I'm like oh it's finally over (laughs) but yes but I do I did find that there's a self-confidence, like your confidence is increased with each book that you finish. So I, when you said that it, you become a different person, it, it's absolutely true because you're building confidence with every single book that you write and every story that you tell. And it it just it brings a feeling of just accomplishment and peace, I think. Mm, yes, peace. You've scratched that itch and you've kind of been able to kind of let it go for a bit. Yes. yes. 
Yeah. It is. And I think you're right about, you know, the confidence grows with every book because with every book that you write, every manuscript that you finish, you're giving yourself more and more evidence that you can do this. You're learning your own individual process and becoming more comfortable with it. And so it's never going to be easy, but it, it becomes um, simpler in a way because you, you, you've been through it before. It's like muscle memory kicks in a bit. And you think, oh, yeah, I remember at 75%, I always get really upset and I hate the book and I don't want to finish it. And I wonder why I'm doing this. But, ah, yeah, but by 80%, in, I remember I love this again. And that carries me through to the end. So I think, yes, once you kind of understand that process about yourself, you, your chest puffs out a bit because you know that you can do it and your confidence is, is renewed and you go on and finish the book. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful, isn't it? And, it is. you know, you, somebody might somebody might want have this itch to write a book and then they write it and then they decide it's not for them but how wonderful to know that you've done it and you've tried it and you've experienced it and now you know for certain I can let that go and I can move on and mm -hmm. you take the confidence you've earned through writing the book into that next thing that you want to do exactly exactly that uh, there are so many positives as many cons as there are I think that it, there ha there's more positives, and there has to be for us to keep doing this, right? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> In February, you released Launchpad, The Countdown to Writing Your Book, which is a nonfiction title. I would like to know a little bit about the difference between publishing fiction and publishing nonfiction because the only nonfiction I have really done other than blog posts for about this writing thing and my blog is academic writing. So I'm really curious to hear what were the differences for you between publishing your fiction novels and publishing this nonfiction? Oh, that's such a good question because it, I did find it harder. And I've often asked this question of authors who have gone from the non-fiction world to the fiction world thinking, oh, it must be quite easy, you know, you, you're an, an accomplished writer, you've been paid for your writing, and now you're just telling stories, different types of stories. But yeah, I did, I found it quite a different, it's a different skill set, I think, um, from trying to impart an image to somebody, you know, the, the story and the emotion of the character, to kind of trying to be instructive and help people get facts that they need and explain things in a simple way that is tangible for everybody. So I did find it um, a, a, a challenge actually, and I did worry, oh gosh, you know, am I sounding too staid? Am I sounding too corporate? Which is something I didn't want to do. It. I wanted to be fairly formal um, and instructional, but I didn't want to sound like I was writing a, a manual for a company or something. <laughs> You'll have to let me know if I succeeded in that or not. But it's quite a different um, proposition, and I found, um, you know, to kind of trying to think. So I, I did. I wrote a chapter on um, uh, you working with a book coach, and that a book coach is sort of part of your your toolbox um, that you would use. Just like you know, you might use um, research tools. You would also use, uh, or an editing tool. You would also use a book coach. That would be part of your 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 toolbox. Um, but, I, you know, thinking about, okay, well, what would a prospective person need to know, you know, if they were thinking about working with a coach or they've never heard of a coach, you even don't know what a person, that person does, kind of trying to lay out 
what a book coach does, the history of book coaching, what you can expect from a coach, what they expect from you, um, the usual kind of um, within norms, what's expected in the relationship and how to make it a successful relationship. Um, so trying to think around, okay, what, what do people need to know? But it's quite a different um, uh, endeavour, I think, and some people uh, seem to have a much easier time with it or a more natural or a more practised flow with it. I should probably say that. We had some wonderful um, contributors to the book. So Launchpad, the Countdown to Writing Your Book, it's an anthology which myself and my friend um, Grace Salmon pulled together. We reached out to people we knew we thought would be great for this book could really bring some fantastic topics to light um and thankfully the majority of them were able to say yes so it was wonderful and we cover things like you know how do you research for your book and in sort of practical terms how do you do a google search because it's if you want to get precise answers for your it's more than just typing the word mm-hmm. into into google um so the really useful tools like that there's a chapter on grammar and punctuation so just giving you really good, solid um, uh, sort of guidelines around that. Um, we've got the usual chapters that you would expect about, you know, point of view and story structure. But one of my favourite chapters, I'm so glad we've got this, is about how to show and tell. Yes. So we hear the whole, whole thing, if you show, don't tell. Well, this is show and tell. And this just, when I first heard about this, just really blew the roof off for me. And I finally understood what that phrase meant that in fact you do need to do both it's just yes. how you do them um is the big difference so um it's a really really great book so thank you for mentioning it and uh no if anybody thinks it would be of good use to them please do reach out i just want to say one of the wonderful things about it is at the end of each chapter the, the writer has put their top 10 countdown list of what they think are the most useful things for the reader to go away and implement at the end of reading oh, that nice. chapter because you'll know yourself it's easy to read a craft book and then close it and move away mm-hmm. um, but really we wanted people to take what we're sharing and put it into practice and implement it so it becomes sort of ingrained in your bones if you like mm-hmm. and becomes easier to use so in the next project that you're writing you can incorporate all that new learning and it doesn't feel so um doesn't feel so alien to you it feels kind of part and parcel of your process so it's, I, I love that part of it I think that's a really useful thing for readers oh fantastic I'll make sure to link the um I guess I can link to Amazon but I can link to your website I think it's on there as well yeah, so yeah, I'll just I'll link there the link for that yeah okay it's um you can go to launchpad countdown and it's got all the books there it's part of a trilogy okay so how to write your book how to publish your book and how to market your book okay great I'll make sure to um I'll make sure to link that in the description below the episode cool. I'll send that to you yeah okay perfect well, believe it or not, we're out of time. I have time for one more question. Zoom has already said, oh, you only have 10 minutes. So <laughs> my final question is always, what is the best writing advice you have heard or been given? Or what is the main piece of advice you give your clients? The best piece of advice I was given, which really worked for me, was um, from the American novelist Elizabeth Costova. And she wrote a fabulous, fabulous book called The Historian. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's, I have. it's quite old now. Um, <laughs> but it was, it's a modern retelling of Dracula, basically, and it's fabulous. 
and I heard an interview with her on YouTube and she was at a book festival and somebody asked her, Elizabeth, you are a stay-at-home mum with three boys. My ears pricked up because <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm a stay-at-home mum with three children. I must listen to this. How do you write books? How did, how did you manage to write this amazing book? The person asked her. And she just said, well, it took me 10 years and I just had to write what I could when I could. And for me, that was a light bulb. I had to write what I could when I could. And that gave me the permission then to not think I've got to have an hour at a time to write or two hours, but actually to grab moments in the day when the kids were napping or they were out or they were at class. It might be 10 minutes, it might be 20 minutes, I might get lucky and get 40 minutes. But I could take advantage of all of those small bits of time. Um, and I write my first drafts in, by hand, so I just left my notebook out everywhere that I was. And so if something came to me, I could quickly scribble it down. And um, I just found that I made slow but steady progress. That's why it took me so long to write it. But I got there and it really did change. Because we're all so busy. We're all so busy. Yes. We do just have to make that time when we can um, and make it work for us. And that that was the, the changer for me. I was able to take control of my time rather than kind of waiting for everything to be perfect because it was never going to be perfect. <laughs> Definitely I still wouldn't not. have written that book if I was waiting for the kids to stop needing me. <laughs> um, so that was the, the catalyst for me. That was the light bulb moment. And I, I hope it helps somebody else know that they, they too can do it. Absolutely. It's sure to because that changed my whole writing game as well. When I was working full time, I had to just take those moments when I could. So that is fantastic writing advice. And I appreciate you sharing that. <laughs> Well, before Zoom cuts us off, I just want to say again how much I appreciate you being on. I know it's getting late over there, so I appreciate you taking time today to this evening to speak with me, and I hope that we'll be able to communicate more in the future, and I look forward to um, talking to you about your YouTube channel, which I will also link. <laughs> Oh, thank you. You know, it's been lovely. I've really enjoyed it. It's gone so quickly. My goodness. I know. I was so nervous and there was no need to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was great. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure being here. Thank you so much. Have a great night and we'll talk soon. Will do. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Scottish author, podcaster, and book coach Emma Desi. We have five more interviews to go before About This Writing Thing takes its final bow. I do appreciate you tuning in every two weeks to hear who I'm talking to and about their writing process, about their career, the ups and downs, the writing advice. Interviews have been one of the funnest things about doing this podcast. So I am very appreciative that you show up and that you support. And I hope that you're finding more authors to enjoy just by listening to these interviews. As for me, my revisions, of course, were sent off to my agent. She's very happy with them. She's happy with my long synopsis. This book is really difficult to do a short synopsis on. So um, we have decided to just go with the long synopsis. Now we're trying to put together a plan to proceed and hopefully I'll be out on submission at least by I would love to say August 1st but I think publishing takes a break in August 
So it might be September 1st, but it won't be long now. And I really hope, I really hope that this one sells. And a bit of great news is my agent has also decided to take my uh, book that she signed with me, uh, that she signed me with, she's going to take that one out as well. So I'll have two books out on submission. Hopefully I'll have some good news. Fingers crossed. Y'all send me all the vibes. I will take them every single one. That's all for this week. I hope that you will join me again on August 2nd when I interview women's fiction author Jen Bouchard. The next About This Writing Thing newsletter will release on August 1st, so if you're on the newsletter, you will get to have a little behind-the-scenes look at our my three authors for August, Jen Bouchard, Gloria Mattioni, and Sheila Myers. So with all that said, until next time, take care and keep writing.